0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the collective. Apologies on the late start. I was having a uh, issue with my computer. It did not turn out the way I wa- well, it turned out the way I wanted it to. Because now we're talking, so that's good. Um, for those that don't know, before we get into anything, I want to remind everybody to make sure that you hit, you like the uh, show, you subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell, and then you'll be notified every time we go live, which is every day. Um. First thing, want to introduce Bob. We were going to have Tip on as well. Unfortunately, he got tra- caught in traffic in good old fashioned London and will not be back home for quite some time. <laughs>
1: so, enjoy Tip.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um but Bob here is now correct me if I'm wrong here, you're a former rugby player and strength and fitness coach for a I can't remember which team specifically. I'm drawing a blank on that one.
1: I am, yes.
0: Which uh which team? Where are you the, the coach for?
1: Witness Vikings.
0: Oh, there you go. Yeah, so. How long have you been playing rugby?
1: I played rugby for nearly twenty years, eighteen years, uh, professionally. Started off in two thousand and four, I think, and retired just over a year ago. Um, mm. Yeah, really, really grateful to come out of it relatively healthily in my body as well.
2: <laughs> That's a tough man's sport. Definitely. someone some would
1: say, some would say. Yeah.
2: I think it is, man. I think it is. I mean, yeah. compared to like tiddlywinks, you
0: know, if we're contextualizing.
1: Yeah, that's the scale we're
0: going off, yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good scale to go off of, either rugby or tiddlywinks. I like, I think that's <laughs> a...
2: Put it in perspective. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, well, today we're going to have some... Uh, oh, we've got comments already. Daniel says, best sport, in my view. I'm, I'm a toss-up. I love watching my hockey, but I do love watching rugby too. That's there. I, I think hockey is kind of like rugby on ice, at least in my
1: yeah. life. Yeah, I think that's was pretty fun.
0: So I got a quick
2: question for you, Bob. Not that uh, you know, this is kind of how we do things over here. So I've got, I, I was born in England, lived there yeah. 10 years, but half of my family is in Northern Ireland. So I got a bunch of cousins over there, etc. My good cousin, Brian, over there in Oma County, Tyrone came up through the system playing uh, Gaelic uh, football or Hurley, uh, however you want to term it, and I've watched him play that sport, and that is a freaking rough sport, man. Like, I don't know how rugby players view the Gaelic version of that madness, but it's it's almost like open warfare on the pitch sometimes.
1: Um, yeah, it's funny. It's funny you say that. I was in Dublin working last week, and I managed to watch a Gaelic football game for the first time in my life, and I absolutely loved it. National it's tough, hey. Ireland, all amateur.
0: Oh, we lost him. Oh my god, that's not. We right. Lost oh, how are you right going to? In the fix middle that? of a conversation, I, he yeah he's got to rejoin. I can't. Uh, oh my goodness, I don't know what happened there. Well, I don't well, know. We're... I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure that it's your fault though. Okay, Bros, is, what did you do fault? wrong? I did not set him up correctly. That is Correct. What I did. Yeah, Correct. I you did have, not set uh, him up for success. I should have set him up for success better. Well, for those that don't know, what is the difference between regular rugby and Gaelic rugby?
2: Well, you know, I'm not the expert. I was hoping that Bob, who just evaporated, <laughs> would have the answer. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was going to ask him, but then he disappeared. I, I mean, I've watched uh, them both uh, a number of times, and I'm just not the right guy to make a, you know,
0: determined yeah. uh comments Raj. get that guy uh, back i'm i'm in the midst of it don't you worry um <clears throat> we got uh oh man daniel and Winterstorm are already first off winter storm morning um good to see you daniel always good to see you as well apparently daniel played the fullback position which is mm-hmm. i only played for a little bit myself i played for in high school actually a long time ago but i had nah, it wasn't my thing no i had a i had knee braces after i got hit by a car and they had a hard plastic plate in them and i got told that i was not allowed to wear them
2: yeah of course
0: and that was that so that was the end yeah. of my rugby time <laughs> it never even started <laughs> yeah uh what do you got here rugby is drinking with some sport thrown in at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like fighting with some sport thrown in. Yeah, exactly. So, are you? Oh, ah, back. good. We made it, man. Huzzah! Are you good to go?
1: I mean, I think so. That has literally never happened so. to me in my life.
0: So I, that was kind of, yeah. It was...
2: It's never happened over here before, but we always blame chance whenever those yes. kind of things happen. So,
0: my fault, a hundred percent. No, um, okay. I was gonna. I was gonna ask. What's the difference between like rugby and Gaelic rugby?
1: So, from what I can see from my um, experience watching Gaelic football is you get three bounces with the ball in Gaelic football you can kick it and you can throw it forwards, you can throw it or kick it over the post, you get one point through the net, in the net, in the goal you get three points uh, there's different amount of um, participants on each team, the game is shorter, the halves are shorter as well that being said there's more contact in rugby league. It's over 80 minutes. There's less players on the pitch, um, and yeah, it seems. Wow. It seems like it played with a funny shaped ball, similar to the American football. It kind of sounds,
0: yeah. it <laughs> yeah. kind of sounds like a mixture between soccer, American football, rugby, and something else, maybe. Like if you're, you're open warfare an, and open warfare. <laughs> <laughs> I like exactly it. Oh, yeah, you uh, you came in right as I just put this down. But Winterstorm here, one of our longtime listeners and commenters says, rugby is drinking with some sport thrown in at the beginning. I agree. What do you think? Yeah, totally agree. 100%. I agree. yeah, yeah. yeah. I do
2: you know what it is? And maybe you could uh, make reference to this. I As I've always seen it, rugby is camaraderie. Like, that shared effort, that shared, like, I'm not going to say shared violence, but that shared, like, bumps and bruises moments out there. There's nothing like bonding with a dude who is trying to put his broken nose back on his face and giving you the nod, and now you're all having a pint at the pub. Camaraderie. The rugby players that I know are tight.
1: You know, you, it's funny you say that, because even, obviously, within the team, man, within the team, you've got a certain element of respect for each other. You've got the people that, do all the hard work, the middles or whoever or somebody shows up when it's tough but then similar, you've got the opposition as well, that you can beat seven bells out of with each other and then share that same pint with at the end, or a shake a hand and there's that mutual respect, similar to I suppose um, fighting, you know, when you see fighters all, all the war, pre-match uh, pre-fight pre and, and then at the end of it, the shake hands, to show a lot of love and, and respect and I think it's very similar in that, in that regard
2: I think Absolutely. that's kind of key in, in the sense of to get to give respect to someone or be in a respectful environment, it takes like adversity. You don't even have to know a guy, but if you're sharing a really adverse moment, they'll, a, a guy or a girl will always get my nod if they're in the mix.
1: Agreed, 100%.
0: Yeah. I had heard uh, there's a line in, I think it's Invictus, the, the movie, they were saying that, uh, what is it, soccer is a... It's a gentleman's sport played by hooligans, and rugby is a hooligans' game played by gentlemen. <laughs> I was, I was like, thought that was
1: awesome. So, um, I suppose humbling about beating each other up for eighty minutes, and then you come off the field, you can barely walk, and then like, okay, well done. I'll see you next time. That kind of yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of a weird. It's a weird thing, obviously. You know about it.
0: I think it's. uh I think it's great in the terms of, as Sean was saying, and the uh, camaraderie in the ability to bond, but it's kind of like fighters, too. Like, when you're uh, boxing or doing jiu-jitsu or, you know, a shared hardship in that, like, we're going to kick each other's ass. Mm-hmm. This is just the way it is. But then you can bow to each other, you can shake hands afterwards and be like, man, that was awesome. That was just awesome. Regardless who won, doesn't matter. It just you can enjoy the time of pushing yourself to the limit i guess That's my no, thoughts on it yeah
1: no, i definitely agree with that especially with yeah. jiu so somebody yeah. can li- somebody literally has got you and and if they wanted to they could end you um, and they chose not to because you, you know, for whatever reason, you said thank you. Because they're a nice person. <laughs> they're a nice person. Deep down, deep, deep down. Yeah.
2: <laughs> so Bob, I got a question for you. Now you say that you've been involved in rugby for about twenty years, right? Yeah. And in in that career path, did you? Uh, how much did you spend as the player, and how much did you spend as a leader or as a coach?
1: Okay, so starting my career at 18, so I suppose nearly 17 years of that I was as player and now I've transitioned into coaching towards the backroom staff um, and towards the back end of my career, my rugby career, I suppose I moved into a more captain role, where a captain the last team I played for, which is up in Newcastle, north-east of England. Um, so I suppose the latter end, end of my career, 33 onwards, I suppose I turned, fully understood myself, was comfortable with my role and was happy to pass on to the you know to the younger generations. And, and teammates. So that, that's something came later for me in life, especially in my rugby career. Um, right, right.
2: So then as a follow on question, because um, my my background, I've had several careers, but the one that I left just recently was 15 years of high performance coaching athletes around the world in mm-hmm. ultra endurance uh, racing. Oh. And I've coached a lot of athletes in a lot of different weird ways. So as a coach, looking at you as a coach, I'm curious as to how you set yourself up in the position that you're in right now. Not through a formal education. I'm I'm not saying, what courses did you take? What I'm saying is, because I I didn't. I didn't take Mm -hmm. any courses. I learned in the trenches. And so did you you go through any formal training or do you find yourself in a position now where you're coaching through, I'll call it, quote-unquote, just experience?
1: No, so I suppose, obviously... Academia will give you the, the, the foundation of, of, you know, underpins your philosophy in terms of coaching. But everything else has to be learned through experience and mentorship and making mistakes and watching mistakes from other people, being curious, learning, listening, observing. Um, and it's put me in a position now where I've got the respect because I played over 400 professional games. So the players know that I could, I've done the job. I think that's really key. It so is. Coming mm-hmm. straight out of university. Um, in, you know with high you know high academic achievements but yet no experience in that sport I think they're at, they're at a loss straight away or they have to work harder um, and I'm not I'm saying it, so I'm very fortunate to be in that position um so right now I'm just prioritizing what's actually important for the team for the individual for that moment in terms of the culture the atmosphere the exercise and sets and reps are less important more than the, the general momentum of the team so that's probably where I'm stepping back and see overseeing everything is a bigger picture. Look that's at, a, okay. That's awesome. this, this is what we need now. This is what we need, and this is how I'm going to implement it. The players don't know that, um, but myself and the backroom staff, Sam, my good friend, um, that you had on the, uh, a few weeks ago, we speak quite a bit on reflective practice, and you know how you can cultivate some some time of change um, without them knowing it. Ethical manipulation, we call it. I think, dude, I do but it
2: all like, the time. I mean, I, I don't I don't even yeah. think. I don't even apologize for it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I just feel that it's one of the most effective tools that as coaches, we can use like a scalpel, you know, no one needs mm-hmm. to know that we're doing it, no. but if they want to know, I'm happy to explain it to them. And actually to this point, when I left my coaching career, just, uh, uh, just over a year ago, when I turned my coaching reins over to the athlete that I'd coached for just over a decade, When I said to her, tag, you're it, go do better. Uh, I had to have these deeper conversations with her, explaining to her what I was doing to her in order for her to understand what I was doing to her so that then as a coach, she could do it to others. And so there's a time and place where you kind of have to, as I see it, I'm not speaking for anyone else. This is what I had to do. I had to figure out how to become a good coach and hold my kind of tools closer to my chest so that I could just focus on coaching. Then as I became more and more comfortable with coaching, I became more and more comfortable with uh, explaining my theoretical models and my philosophies and my so on and so forth, kind of passing it on just before I bounced. Does that make
1: sense? I mean, it makes complete sense to myself. Um, with the athlete, you just gotta have that trust. You have that trust, and you're gonna meet people that, that don't trust you for whatever reason. So that you can try, you can spend energy trying to earn that trust. But at some point, you have to obviously learn to when to let go of that athlete's energy as well. Or Where to put my energy? It's funny because you mentioned, you know, if, um, you know, one of your colleagues wants to continue that path, you would give them the world. You will put all your energy into that. But you've cho- you've chosen that. You know, where yeah, to it's put your energy at. it's, it's that, tricky, isn't it? It's tricky, yeah. And I've, I made mistakes last year that I won't hopefully right. make again. But that's part of it. So we have two interns coming in from university, and I'm trying to not tell them everything, trying to let them experience it and feel it itself without it's, being. It's you know, it's the, you it's know, tricky.
2: The it is tricky, right? It's 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 not like it's not quite a razor's edge sort of balance, but mm. it's tricky enough that I actually loved it. Because I understood the, um, the weight of the moment in the sense of what I was doing was important for the future. Yeah. But I also love the intellectual challenge of determining how to best trickle feed out the data or best trickle feed out the philosophy or the blah, blah, blah overarching theme at the right time and the right place to make the right impact. Plant the seeds and sometimes not talk about them plant the seeds and sometimes say that's the seed that i just planted." to germinate it you know it's it's a fascinating uh it's a it's a fascinating puzzle i i absolutely. loved doing it
1: no I, I really do it takes a lot of energy like, um but and also the thing that's just sticking out in my end is, is being able to pull pull your plans at the last minute if you feel that that's your decision so you make an absolute decision straight away go no we're changing Based off your intuition and your gutlet can only be developed through experience, can't it? You no, know, to have an actual right. one or, or a that's, right. that's how I see it anyway. And I'm just making it up. I don't know. That's right. Yeah,
2: me too. That's <laughs> that's what <laughs> to, even right now we're just making it up. But <laughs> yeah. definitely in coaching I was I was making it up. And you know the fascinating thing that I'm sure if you haven't already experienced it, you'll experience it shortly. Is that once you get your rhythm, a, a feel like you know the choices that you're making are good choices, and blah blah blah. You've seen the trend, the timeline, and it's it's all supporting that you're on the right path. Then you get to play, but not play thoughtlessly. You get to play thoughtfully, and it's not that you've got your you know your your little puppet master strings where you're moving the whole team. You're you're doing good for good people, and and if you're playfully being awesome. Man, it's the best path.
0: I loved being the coach. Okay, it's I nice understand. to watch people get better. Like it's uh, to be able to actually watch that is fantastic. Now we have a couple comments and a question. So, first one, uh, uh, correction. First one was ask Bob just how much they love to scrum. <laughs> I imagine it's good times in there.
1: <laughs> Daniels, right. Okay. So, um, just to stress, I'll clarify that I played rugby league. So, rugby league is a different version of, of rugby mm-hmm. to rugby union. So, a rugby league is 13 man aside, it's a predominantly northern sport, although we did play in North America and Canada for Toronto. Um, but we may get into that. So, the scrum is very different in rugby league than it is to rugby union, which is obviously wide, widely known as rugby, um, which is something that I'm fighting against. I don't believe that rugby is the 15 man version. I'm fighting from Wigan uh, to say that no, there's two different versions. Um, so, the scrum is actually it's quite boring in rugby league. I didn't know the, any of this. This is yeah, fascinating. So, what, so basically, what we do in the scrum is talk about what we're doing after, or we're poking somebody in the you know in the eye, pulling someone's nose, twisting someone's leg. You, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing, or you're having a rest, and you, you you've got that empathy for each other. That you say, "This is a really fast game. This is quite mm. tiring. What are you doing after? All right, see you later, and then you run off. That's cool. <laughs> that's, that's pretty <laughs> much it. Yeah. So it's, 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 not, it's a non-functioning um, part of the game, I think.
0: I, I love that. Well, then there you go. I think I've learned, I did not know that. I. That's cool. Um, Ooh, yeah. yeah. And then we got winter storm says, I love my time as a flanker and a back. Everyone had a role and responsibility, but the flow of the game dictated mm-hmm. your need to adapt. I do love that. How people just flow in and out of positioning and taking, like taking a spot where they need it.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, in, in union. Um, so there's, there's quite a few, sim- there's quite a few similarities, but then start differences as well. So what you tend to get in would union is with 15, um, 1 to 15 but the positions are more specific in terms of body type so you'll have a short stockier prop hooker because they need to have that robustness that wide base to perform the scrum effectively and then you've got the wingers that are usually quite tall and fast and thin uh, that's just how it is in rugby league um, because the game in, you know, involves changing positions quite often being in the wrong position at the wrong time etc you have a more consistent body type throughout so you might have 14 to 17 stone athletes throughout the field Throughout each position, and they can all run 112 seconds or whatever it is, so pretty wow. quick and pretty strong. But in rugby union, you might have a massive um, difference between the top and bottom, or between positions. So it's quite interesting.
0: That is interesting. I did not know that. That's, that's fantastic. I I am I'm learning so much already. We're only 20 minutes in, and I'm like, it's <laughs> like awesome. So um, speaking
2: uh, of weight deltas or difference on the field, athletes being not only taller or shorter, wider or thinner, uh, but performance-based athletes, as maybe professionals will call it. How much time do you find is spent working on things like how to get better sleep, better nutrition, better hydration, managing stress, blackout curtains at night, et cetera, et cetera. All the tools, all the tips, all the tricks. How much time do you spend in that as a coach?
1: So it's, it comes down to resources. So the, the when I was at Toronto, the Wolfpack. So I was in, in, partly in charge of the strength and conditioning as well, which is great because we're dealing with jet lag, we're dealing with transatlantic flights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we invested in that those kind of um, practices like blackout curtains for the lads that got to the hotel. Nice. Um, you know, different supplements keep them weight, take them to sleep. Also, the recovery in terms of the ice baths, some some explored cryotherapy. Um, and then the stress. Obviously, we do a daily wellness score as well. So you know what, what actually is stressful to you, because it's obviously perception as well. But at the minute, because of our resources are quite limited, we don't touch on that. So mm. simply put, um, in the top end, in the top division in super leagues so or the NFL, I suppose division one, or I don't know how to quite make it relatable. For, for yeah. Above, top tier, we'll call it. Yeah. yeah. Top yeah. top two. Yeah. Um, they'll have unlimited resources and they can look at nutrition in a more um specific way whereas we may just say listen lads you've got a game tomorrow don't be eating takeaway tonight
2: yeah leave the crisps in the bag
1: exactly (laughs) and then you just hope some of it sinks in because you've got to appreciate as well some of these lads work eight hours a day and then come and train and then go home so if i'm trying to give them the best supplements the best nutritional advice they're probably going to tell me to do one Uh, Because they just need a little bit of comfort a break. And we're slowly drip feeding that. And we've actually just partnered with a nutrition company now, which is going to take us to the next level, which I'm really excited about. Um, But again, choosing choosing how much to give the lads at the moment and then let it absorb, for want of a better expression, is is an art in itself, isn't it?
2: It is. But the great thing about that art is, as you full well know, I'm sure, it's about figuring out the right resources to, to to deploy in the near and midterm and it's sometimes less about cost or even less about effectiveness and it's more about the psychology of letting the troops know or the team know that i got your back i'm on it we're moving forward we're getting better here's Mm -hmm. some ideas that we're thinking about in the near future what do you all think and so that buy-in of we're doing our best because we want to do the best for you and etc that's a pretty powerful psychological tool irrespective of whether the nutrition improves or not you know
1: well they can feel it they can feel that if the staff care about them as people or as athletes they can feel that hopefully and they understand that the staff care about their performance and they are willing to explore these options in terms of partnership with the nutrition companies to help performance on the field it's ultimately for them which is for us because team does better we do better that's right that's right you know it's not selfless at all it's for us as well we're trying to do a good job
2: but so. the great part about whether it you know it as long as it's a win-win yeah shoot up the fireworks baby if they're getting better you're getting better everyone's like it's a big positive spiral up towards the stratosphere freaking awesome That's
0: the yeah uh, we got a question for you here from uh, winterstorm have has he found any lessons he learned during his rugby career that was of particular value outside of rugby that you were surprised helped?
1: Ooh, that's a really good question I suppose um during my career you may as in any sporting game you'll go up and down in terms of success you know the highs of any sporting game no, nothing ever goes your way so you have mm-hmm. to develop a certain element of re- resilience and then through one period of my time one period of my career um, it involved like a, a significant head injury which was in the, the grand final essentially to go back into the top tier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got knocked out in the last 10 seconds um, which then subsequently not you know led me down a path of, of mental health challenges um, and then financial implications as well so I'd say that moment those looking back there's a great story called the story of the Chinese farmer by Alan Watts if you've not checked it out check it out it's great oh yeah right yeah it's beautiful and it talks about you know things happen or instances happen, or circumstances change. It's never—it's neither good nor bad. It's what you do with the information, or how you adapt, and how you move forward. So from that moment, at that point, would literally be the worst moment in my life, my worst professional moment, my worst um, moment in my personal life. But yet again, that was the turning point to lead me to where I am now. So it's the—it's the brilliant, you know, it's the brilliant realization of that. Life is fun. You, you can come—you can come through those challenges, those adversities. So, I suppose one lesson that I didn't plan for was that moment. I was never been as certain in my life that he was going to get the victory in that game. And then I wake up in the changing rooms, and for the 10th time, I'm asking my buddy, did, did we win? And he's like, no, I think you need to go to the hospital. I'm like, right, okay. And then... Yeah,
2: you won a trip to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So, <laughs> I'd, I'd say that taught me how to come through adversity, taught me how to be honest, be true, be authentic. As as the, you know, I was you're talking six 12 months of of work of graft self-development of awareness Um so that moment for me changed my life and i'm truly grateful for it
0: yeah that's a great great answer um we got one more and then we'll dive into a topic here (laughs) we we don't we'll we'll never get into these topics but uh daniels asks music before hitting the field what was that specific song that got the lads heightened heightened to kill (laughs) right well this is a
1: funny one because i'm quite particular but i nearly wore my johnny cash t-shirt tonight and i thought you can't because he's got his finger up on the t-shirt so i went for a plain black call. t-shirt. <laughs> yeah so i, I read the, i read the rules um so lads have a very particular taste in music and i do not share that i have taste they do not have taste so i put they rarely on, do i put headphones on and i listen to johnny cash falls in prison boy mm-hmm. name mm-hmm. sue all the old classics a little bit of Metallica, um and then I just crack on my merry way. That's it. The the lads tend to I think the generation these days is different to mine. Like mine's have a melody, have chords, have a bridge, have all these things. And the other the younger generation I don't think that, that, that's the same anymore. I don't know. Yeah. I'm yeah. A, I'm a want to be rock star anyway myself, so There
0: you
2: go. Uh, you're you're kinda of pulling it off right now. A little
0: bit. <laughs> all right, well let's uh let's dive into the topic and it actually goes into kind of what we're talking about today is i wanted to ask about managing the process which i mean everything is a process right and when you're when you're learning a new skill or you're trying to develop uh, a more robust mental health resiliency or whatever it is you want to talk about Mm -hmm. it's a process and it's a long-term thing that you want to either change or engage or get better at or whatever but that takes managing right? You have to, you're going to have, as you said, successes, you're going to have failures, you're going to have bumps in the road, you're going to have issues. What are some of the, maybe the lessons that you could partake and, uh, or or pass on, I should say, um, for managing that process of getting better, something, learning something new, whatever. What are your thoughts?
1: Okay, so it's funny you say that, because recently, um, as most professional athletes do, they need, you know, we've, we've been accustomed to physical pain challenge Um, and then over that period what I spoke about from that game I realized quite a few things about myself my core values one of those things is um, discipline curiosity willingness to learn so I need to learn a new skill I like that I value that I got purpose in in that Um, so I've took up jujitsu, which I'm really happy to say so all I can talk about in terms of realistically in the last eight months is enjoying the ups and downs of learning a new move, learning a new position, the physical pain that will come with it because it's connected with my values. Because when you come off the mat in terms of jujitsu, um, and you might have had a really bad role, you think, Why am I even doing this? You know, I, I feel like quitting, I'm rubbish. I got tapped at it 10 times today. Um, and Yes, you sinking did. In. Yeah, <laughs> and listen, but then I'm, I've made peace with the fact that, okay, well, I'm doing this for these reasons in terms of it's connecting with my It's got my physical health looking after I've got community, I've got a sense of personal growth, I'm learning a new skill Um, and it's enjoyable, I actually enjoy problem solving, there's a little bit of brain work that goes on there as well and while I'm in there I'm present so all these things I'm like you know what I should go back and do it all again Um, so for me that was it it was just the process if if enough of the task connects to my personal values or my core values um, then I'm cool with the process
0: That's awesome Sean any thoughts? Well, I like it uh,
2: because what I hear from Bob is that he's re-engaging in a process that he already full well understands. It's just a new thing called BJJ, perhaps. Mm. But it's probably how you started your rugby career. I mean, you enjoyed the physicality, you enjoyed solving the puzzle, it felt right to you, your core values, you were learning things, blah, blah, blah. All of the... I mean, is there any difference between BJJ and rugby other than... The notable aspect that no one was trying to kill you quite as quickly in rugby versus BJJ. So, is there is there a wild difference between the two if you step back from a more of a satellite view and and look at them?
1: I think when I was playing rugby, I need I had a bigger ego, mm-hmm. um, so I think that led me to some success in terms of my focus for the week, for the months, for the whatever, however long that that focus was was all about me quite selfish in 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 some regards um and I, and I believe that was necessary to be professional for for 18 years um but in terms of jujitsu i think for those, obviously your role you can't have an ego can you so i think I think. well hard.
2: the idea is to try to get
1: rid of it
3: that's true yeah so, yeah so pretty quickly
1: i realized that you know what um this is so such a humbling sport by very dangerous people that are capable of things but they choose to not be dangerous they choose to want to learn and share information and it just connects like we talk we talk about we spoke earlier about um helping people you want to see them develop and well, i think you know if you roll with someone that's pretty knowledgeable they'll say next time try and do this and that'll save you you are like right okay that's worth it's white and gold i would literally pay money to hear that information so um yeah i think it's beautiful
2: well, well, the good news is because I feel like I've been coaching people a long, long time, well before my fifteen-year uh, high-performance uh, coaching career. The good news is, as a coach yourself, at some point in your BJJ path, and I'm seven and a half years into my BJJ path. Yes. Some point you'll you'll be good enough, or you'll feel right enough about the moment that you'll cross the line over to now you're helping someone else. Mm. And that will feel so good to you as your core coaching sort of spirit. Then you're then you're in the double game, you know? You're in the game that you're enjoying, plus you're in the game that you also enjoy, which is helping other people while you're helping yourself. It's a super powerful... Uh, you're you're going to love it, man.
1: No, oh, thank you. Appreciate that.
0: Yeah. There's nothing quite like teaching PJJ, but especially when you can get your your students to try to choke the joke of life out of you. Those are, those are always good days. <laughs>
1: well, I've, got um, a little, uh, I've got a five-year-old daughter and I'm keen to get her into it. Um Absolutely. Just to teach her a little bit of resilience, to teach her a bit of adversity. Um, and I don't think I'm qualified to teach her to strangle people yet, so I need someone that's qualified.
0: <laughs> sure you are, sure you are. <laughs> uh,
2: listen, if you go to my um, Instagram feed, my Instagram stories last night or the Instagram uh, feed that I put up uh, yesterday evening, It's my son, my my oldest son, Evan, who is now 19 years old. He's been on the mats with me for seven years, and he's my favorite rolling partner. And he's my trickiest partner, by the way, because he's been my main partner ever since we tap bumped seven plus years ago. He knows my game better than I know my game. I know his game better than he knows his game. And when we when we're both together, which is all the time, I try to roll with him the most it's a fun game man it's really really fun and doing it with your children man i've bonded so closely to my boys through bjj you're gonna love it with your daughter
0: got yeah i i got both my boys and bjj as well they both uh they both started it my oldest started at five. He's been doing it for four years, and my uh, my youngest just started a year ago at four. So they're gonna be monsters when they're older. <laughs> I gotta I gotta keep training so they don't get they don't destroy me later on. Um, it's,
1: a, it's a sense on that. It's a sense of like they're good at something as well. Like they're getting better at something because they're gonna see progress. I know you're talking about process, but they're going to feel like they belong or they've got a strength. With you know, if if they're good at art or they're good at drawing or they're good at um, maths or something else then this could be something else that they may, they may turn to at times when they get tough or they get sad but actually I'm, I'm, I'm worth something oh
2: yeah dude what is super cool I can see it with my own boys but certainly with my oldest son uh, because he's a handful man like mm-hmm. I mean he'll put it on most people and they'll be really surprised because uh, he just doesn't look that way or he doesn't come across that way so to my point he grew up on the mats around a bunch of men so he's, he spent most of his young life around growing men, listening to grown men, being comfortable. At the age of 12, he was putting it on guys who were twice his size, you know? And so now I watch him walk into a room full of, we'll call it men in any building or in any setting or outdoors, it doesn't matter. He just kind of casually glides up, non-factor, gray man, doesn't make a fuss will nod and smile and not really talk too much per se but you know who the most comfortable man in that group is my yeah. son cuz he he knows there's there's nothing can nothing can happen nothing can go wrong nobody can bring enough heat to make it be bad for him mm. so he just steps in confidently owning the world around him with a sense of ease he's way less scrappy than a lot of his buddies he knows he doesn't need to scrap because what's the point it'd be embarrassing so he he doesn't have that same sort of young man's lack of sense of how they fit into mm-hmm. the pack most young men suffer from they they don't even know who they are never mind how they fit in the pack or is it's flippity flop for my son he knows who he is through bjj and he knows where he fits in the pack through bjj so his ego is almost non-existent, which I think is really important for young men. Certainly,
0: that's great. yeah, it's uh, it was pretty neat. I got to meet him just uh, last summer at a thing called yeah, Operation right. Pegasus Jump, yeah. and uh, we took. <laughs> he brought his two boys to this thing where they invited a ton of veterans, and we all hung out and jumped out of planes, and it was a great time. It was one of the most militaristic things I think I've done since I retired. But uh, his boys just slid right in, did the exact same thing. Just slid up to the conversation, kind of hung out, listened. Cool. Walked over there. It was, it was so cool to see. Um, so I, I love the fact that you brought up progress because part of the process is recognizing progress. Mm. But it can be really hard to do when you're in it because you're not actually, I guess, let me rephrase. It's hard to do when you're not intentionally watching your progress. Right, like If you want to start working out more, you want to get in better shape, but you don't really know what to look for, you don't know how to manage that, and you just start looking at one metric, say your weight, mm-hmm. the process can be really hard, really challenging to see any sort of progress because it takes a while for that to actually, your body to engage weight loss. Mm-hmm. How do we, what are some tools for some people to manage or to understand the progress that isn't seen so much as like instant versus long-term. You guys know what I'm talking about? Sean, you want to jump? Go on, right, you
2: go. Yeah, sure. Um, the, I've been a lifelong athlete um, and I understand that process of being an athlete through being lifelong. And so if if anyone out there is looking to, we'll call it move to the next level, whatever that means to them, let's say they've never been an athlete ever and they're they're just tired of sitting on the couch feeling terrible well there's a process for sure and and it's it's ease your way into it but not just ease your way into it thoughtlessly I mean it doesn't matter to me what a person does to kickstart their process it could be just walk around the block take all day to walk around the block doesn't matter there is no velocity requirements there's no timeline requirements there's no workload requirements, stand up, walk out your door, walk around the block, do it again tomorrow. Ease your way into the process. So as you're easing your way in, however you're doing that, you've also got to be thoughtful each day about what you're entering into. So if it's walk around the block on day one, remember that that's how you started because 10 days from then, you're going to walk around the block twice. You're gonna use whatever metrics you can, the block, the way scale, the tree that you do chin-ups off, whatever it is, thoughtfully establish metrics very early on so that you can establish a baseline on day one to day seven, we'll call it. And now you've got a baseline to evaluate the trend over a timeline where you can say, block once block three times block 10 times block 100 times now you can evaluate over the trend so it's not just a case of i'm gonna try to get fitter and then not pay attention to the each day you've got to be able to look backwards and
0: form a trend yeah any thoughts bob nothing i
1: can't i can't disagree with any of that i think it's great advice um i think in, in terms of in terms of performance obviously you'd have an end goal and you say, say it's a fight camp or whatever then you'd work backwards wouldn't you mm. but with general public i think it's probably more important to come up with a few different factors that you could argue are um, goals or ways you know changes in behaviour so then it becomes routine and, and for me it's it takes discipline there's, there's no getting around that to be to become healthy to become um, successful at anything it takes discipline which i think is probably the, the key driver in terms of how you can actually change, change your life, it's discipline not the motivation that comes after, it's the discipline so then what things can you put together in terms of your own lifestyle at the minute, because you might be a busy mum with three kids, a full time job and a husband that's not helpful alright well what can I do it might be two minutes a day, I might meditate, I might jump in a cold shower, I might do ten squats in the morning when I'm brushing my teeth but if that's all you can do then that's all you have, so do it and then and then just keep building on that because then it'll reaffirm this quality of discipline and then from then you never know. You know, you got momentum and haven't you? So for me that'd be it. It'll be it'd be harness that, that discipline.
0: I love that. Harness discipline <laughs> and trust trust the process. This is the other thing that I always heard is like trust the process, trust the process. But I don't think there's enough development of what the process is. At least that's you know, like that's why I wanted to talk about it today, specifically with you guys, Is the fact that it, the term, the process is just kind of used <clears throat> colloquially, colloquially, mm. bleh, can't even use the word correctly, um, but it's just, it's used thoughtlessly, like trust the process, trust the process, you'll get there eventually, and you will, with consistency, but what, what is the process to you? What is it about more than anything, working through that process?
1: Is it not dependent on the task, though? Is it not dependent on, you know, what the objective is?
0: Is it? Or is the pro- is the process different? Or is it, like, the way at least that I've, I've seen it in my life is that I find that the process is basically the same, right? It is mm. setting a goal, working through the problems that you, that are in the way, and then eventually you'll get there. With a, There's a lot more specifics in between that, obviously, right? <laughs> yeah. In my mind, it's the process is the same for anything. If I want to learn a new skill, if I want to get better at something. But I'm asking, do you think that it should change? Do you think the pro- the actual process is different? Or do you think it's just more specific to a task versus broad?
1: I think our minds may, may work differently, which is cool as well. I think for me, I've, I've found out that I like choosing tasks, hobbies, activities that are, you know, I can't complete. They're infinite. In terms of jiu-jitsu, I'm never going to complete jiu-jitsu. Welcome I'm, to my world. Mm-hmm. I am never going to complete playing the guitar. When I took guitar lessons when I was 15, my guitar, las- my guitar teacher went to Spain for guitar lessons. And I was, I couldn't understand why. I was like, you're amazing. Obviously, now I get it. Learning in a language, you're never going to complete that. So for me, I suppose if I'm understanding it, I am be misinterpreting it, I'm misunderstanding it. But for me, the process is just the enjoyment of that moment when you're in the activity so I connect back with the values so if I'm doing a task or a hobby that's connected with my values then I'm not too bothered if I progress at that moment I'm, I may look back and you know have a nice moment of yeah I can learn I can speak fluently now in Spanish well last year I couldn't, that's cool but I'm still enjoying it daily mm-hmm. or I might learn a new choke or I, I might learn a new escape and that, that's cool as well but I'm less concerned with that and more concerned with the enjoyment of the task when I'm performing it I think if that, if that makes any
0: sense whatsoever. Yeah, absolutely, Sean. Are you any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm guilty of this.
2: I sometimes use the process and the path interchangeably. I, I use the terms interchangeably, which is not correct. If I'm going to be pedantic, I will say this: my understanding of how the game of life works is, I put myself on a path. I call it the path. I stay true to my path, whatever that means to me. And so as I'm on the path, there are processes that I will engage in as I move down the path. The path, loosely termed, would be my righteous pursuit of exploring my full potential. So I'm doing my best to become my most awesome version of myself, whatever that means. And that doesn't mean that I'm shooting up fireworks like I'm awesome. I mean, I'm relentlessly pursuing the best version of myself every day, every week, every month, every year, every decade, since I've been aware that I can do that. So the path is what I stay on, the process is what I use to engage in those things that keep me on the path. So, by way of an example, and to your point, Bob, which is an outstanding point. Is when I started mountain biking. Um, at one point, I was a world champion in twenty-four hour solo mountain bike racing. But I never thought I would be. I started mountain biking twenty-five years ago, and as I, as is my way, if you, if you had listened to any of the other things that I talk about, I always talk about ten-year projects. So twenty-five years ago, I started a ten-year project called mountain biking to see what I could learn. And through the process of learning how to be the best version of myself, as it folds into the path, which is my universal pursuit of exploring my full potential, through that mountain biking process, I blew way past my tenure project and I'll never stop because it's an eternal or, or, a, or a lifelong pursuit. And I just use 10-year projects to trick my little monkey brain into believing that, oh, that's a consumable amount of effort. I can understand how much I'm going to work over 10 years, but that's not how it works for me. Coffee started way past 10 years ago when I started my 10-year project, and et cetera. So I think that there's processes that you can start, like BJJ, as I did seven and a half years ago, tied a white belt on when I was turning 52 and thought, This is a 10-year project. And to your point, Bob, it'll never end. (laughs) So it's not like I'm trying to trick myself. I just break down processes into 10-year projects, commit to them, see what I can learn as I move down the path of the several processes that I've always got on the go, knowing full well that the process I'm engaged in will probably never end, but it all folds into the path. So what do I care as long as I'm pursuing my full potential? That's a great point,
0: yeah i uh the reason I wanted to ask that was because that that's kind of what I see a lot of times, Sean, is when um you know people will say, trust a process and they're talking about a path rather than a specific process, and I think it is it's something that needs to be addressed, I guess, is the fact that the it's actually processes are processes <laughs> like they, they are specific, task oriented, you're going from A to B to Z, done. But I'm I'm really finding that uh, all the things that I do that don't have an end, as you guys are saying, are probably the most enjoyable. Like playing my guitar, like doing PJJ, like like being a dad, right? Like that that's never going to end, and I get to see it evolve and change and grow and do all the new things as they evolve and grow and do new things. So it's uh, those the way in which you live your life, the uh, the path that you take is enjoyable, but I think that the processes in in between them need to be seen as such, as processes, and not so much as uh, unending goals, if that makes any sense.
2: It does. I'd like to ask Bob a question as while we're on this subject. What I've found myself at, at a point in my life now, Bob, I'm curious as to whether you're starting to feel it as well, perhaps and I base it on the fact that you've been in the game 20 years, your experience, you're respected, you understand how to play the game, et cetera. I now find myself at a point where I I understand how to do my processes. I understand the path. It's not like I have to learn another 90% knowledge in order to play with the 10% knowledge that I've
3: got. I, I have things reasonably well figured out wouldn't have to learn a whole bunch more to keep doing a pretty good job of what i'm doing i love learning but i don't feel like it is as important for me to pursue that knowledge as it is to now start giving my knowledge i feel like i'm kind of running my life in respect to kind of do my best while trying to demonstrate that if you do your best this is what it can look like for a life well lived can lead to a good life i'm trying to demonstrate that to some degree out there without making it artificial so my question to you is this over your 20 years of rugby do you find yourself now trying to be a representative of how to do it well or not
1: in terms of rugby or life both hmm good question yeah I do (laughs) yeah that's cool yeah I do I, I feel I feel like quite slightly responsible to hopefully instill some values into the younger generations that are not just you know limited to younger people I think if I can if I spot a narrow mindset and I believe that their life will be enhanced in terms of personal relationships or, or financial growth or what, whatever that may be, not that financial growth is, is something that's on my top of the list, top of my list and I will try and nudge them in a way to be more open minded more curious, connect with my values um, and just see, just see how that looks, how they feel when they experience that because I, but then again, if you met with resistance straight away and a significant amount of resistance, that's cool as well I'm not going to invest too much into it because i'm just one you know Something in my opinion uh, so i do feel slightly responsible um and i enjoy that as well i enjoy seeing people squeeze a little bit more out of life yeah you know, yeah than yeah it was doing before they met me it's quite fulfilling oh it's
2: so fulfilling
1: but at, the, at the same time I suppose that's that's re- that's so rewarding is, is seeing people squeeze out a little bit more yeah um hmm. yeah i do feel responsible
0: yeah good man with that responsibility let's uh what are some of the what are some of the things that you would look to uh, like let's maybe go into a larger scale here what are some of the things that you think are maybe lacking out there or that people could do better or people that should look into or research or try to what 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 Let's go with one. What do you think the biggest one that people could research into to make their lives better right off the bat?
1: I think that's a really good question. <laughs> I think uh, your values. So what do you actually care about? Um, for me, that was a big thing. When I sat down and looked actually at my values, I found that once you know, I learned that punctuality is a massive thing, discipline is a massive thing, um, respect for um, mentors, peers, all, all these things. Exercise, physical health is a privilege to me. So I, I believe that now I'm communicating or socializing in those groups a little bit more, being open-minded and talking. So I think for me, the biggest changer in my life was identifying what my values actually are, which helped align my purpose, which makes every day fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And I think regardless of what your job role is, your financial status, your relationship, if you can feel at peace with yourself, you're you living each day with... You know,
0: purpose and passion, and you've won, haven't you? I think so. That's how I see it. I believe yeah. so. Sean, what do you think? Any the one thing that people could do
2: to align myself with Bob, almost word for word, uh, would be the easiest answer, because that's how I feel as well. However, I'll I'll paraphrase it all and maybe simplify it for anyone who's listening. I just try to know myself better. I try to know my outcome better and I try to figure out how to combine those two so that I'm seeing greater success and I'm enjoying the path more. So I can I can I can pursue my outcomes and make it drudgery, man. I can really put the heat to myself and and feel like, "Oh, I'm cooking on this one." I can cook for 20 years. And, and as long as I'm pursuing my outcome, it'll please me. But what takes the sting out of the grind or the sting out of the heat is pursuing my outcomes and gamifying it so that I can be amused by it. Even when it's the suck, I'll find a way to gamify towards my outcome so that I'm at least entertained. Even when it's diabolically bad, I'll try to gamify it so that I can stay on the path towards the outcome that is unknown but is generalized as looking like maybe that and i'll i'll enjoy the i'll enjoy each day i'll enjoy each year as i unfold the potential outcome that i'm pursuing through a gamified process
0: i think it's a great that's a that's a great tool for anybody to have is being able to gamify life um we are just about a time here i'm wondering uh any any final thoughts? Any thoughts on the process on rugby on anything that uh, maybe some lessons that uh, you want to pass on to anybody? Anything so, before we shut her down?
1: Yeah, I suppose for me, it's, the thing that I'm I do know is, is practice discipline. Now that keeps me in line. You know, talk about the process, I suppose. Reflecting in mid conversation, is like, well, my process is discipline. I have a daily routine that I'll check off, and within that step. Um, daily process it follows my path which we spoke about quite a bit so practicing discipline for me is and i'm not saying i'm military i'm not saying you know i don't have fun because i don't take myself too seriously <laughs> and i don't take other people too seriously either i don't watch the news it says. um and i know you don't do politics which is brilliant as well so i think discipline harnessing that 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 value of discipline for me is the biggest thing
0: yeah that's a great one sean any uh any final thoughts for me?
2: We- yeah, I couldn't agree more with Bob because it would require 101%. <laughs> so we'll leave it at 100%. And to Bob's point, as I just recently referred to uh, a handful of days ago, and, and I just it was a casual statement that I made that when I get up in the morning, I, I roll out of bed, I go to the bathroom, use the bathroom, come out of the bathroom, and right away I drop down and I do eight knuckle push-ups. I call it the start button protocol been doing it for a while you know and so the reason that i do that is it's eight is my lucky number always has been always will be right from the get-go and so it's not that i can do more or less it's about eight eight is the discipline eight is the focus eight is the thing that will get done each morning it starts off as a little win it starts off with the right discipline mindset it will never change. It is the standard. Go get some.
0: <laughs> I love that. I love the uh, the checks in the box, too. That is one of the, the most beautiful things I think I've learned in the last decade is the first check in the box where you go, mm. done, excellent. Now I can move forward. Because even if the rest of your day goes, you know, squirrel-shaped, <laughs> now you, you, you at least have the one thing that you did. First thing in the morning. Well, you own fine. the
2: day at the start of the day. Take care of the rest as it comes. Throat punch it as it lines up.
0: <laughs> this is the way I love it. Um, well, we're. I think this is going to be our first early show ever. I but usually the 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 length of the long term the uh, ending comments usually lasts a little bit longer. Than, <laughs> we, we guys, uh, you guys agreed with each other so quickly that huh. I think we're going to be early. You know, now. It, you know how easy it is
2: to agree with Bob it's easy to agree with someone who's been in the game a -hmm. hard game there's a difference between the hard game and the easy game rugby ain't an easy game so you you add sweat blood tears together and it equals adversity and if you get enough adversity sandwiches stuffed into your melon guess what you're freaking awesome (laughs) and so over 20 years of sweat blood and tears you'll learn a thing or two mm-hmm. it's called wisdom and and i always enjoy chatting with someone who's got a healthy dose of wisdom well that's a. I i really agree
0: appreciate that comment thank you hey man you know what it, there's a well. I, I don't
2: oh. <laughs> by the way i don't hand them out too easily so <laughs> i'm not a big bat packer. you know what i'm saying I, is... but i do recognize when a guy or girl has been crushing it it's easy to see that you've got things figured out I'm, I'm glad to hear that, as you say, you know, your, your lowest point of getting uh, cracked up side of the melon and waking up in the locker room, being there, done that myself. And mm-hmm. it's those moments where, upon reflection, you can see that, geez, I wish it hadn't have happened. But because I, I did get involved with that, I came out the better because, upon reflection, it's made me a better person. And that sounds like what you've figured out. And that's something that not a lot of people figure out. So kudos
0: to you. Yeah, those those hard times can uh, unfortunately be something that people sit on for the rest of their lives or harp Mm. on or whine about or, you know, just uh, play the victim card for the rest of their lives. But to take that moment of uh, self-reflection after a horrible situation and go, I can do better than that.
2: Well, Bob's, do it.
0: Bob's victim mentality is now
2: going to occur on the BJJ mats mm-hmm. when he gets to drive home <laughs> crying and wondering why that blue belt put another wicked arm bar on him.
1: Yeah. Exactly. You know yeah. my game. You know my weakness. <laughs> that's right.
0: I think, uh, unfortunately, as a white belt, everything is a weakness. <laughs> like wow. it's, it's just this is the way it is. When you're a white Man, belt, I everything
1: is. time a belt yet. Sam is disgusted
0: by me. Ah, that's, uh, you, you are the lowest of the low. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I could give you some lessons if you like, no problem on that tie belt. Uh, but if anybody else is wondering, here's the key though, you have a belt. And I think this is the important point that I want to, I'm going to finish here on is the fact that uh, the hardest belt to actually engage in, in jujitsu, the hardest belt to achieve is strapping on that white belt because you are going to put yourself through adversity <laughs> in, in many, many, many different ways attributed by other people and yourself so if you haven't yet get out there make sure you get yourself a white belt and uh while you're in the process of that you can like the page you can subscribe you can hit the bell you can do all those things so that you can get better every day you can learn build and grow here on the collective see you all tomorrow gmo gmo